Did you contract Renato or did you get replaced? Uh, what, what year? When I, when, I, when I went there. Which of the two times <laughs> you replaced me are you referring to right now? Well, sorry guys, I think Odo's good, but you look at these numbers, um, he's shit. I don't know what to tell you, he's garbage. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Euphoria Podcast. This week, Dagda is sadly out sick, so be sure to give him your well wishes whenever you start to watch this, whether it's on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, we're available on all of them. Quick reminder, the broadcast is on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Do not show up Monday and expect the finals. Finals are on Sunday. Please, get it right. You can do it. I have faith in you. This week on the show, none other than Finn and Odawamne joining me. We're going to be doing Narrative Watch. All your favorite narratives or least favorite ones. Noah's Small Champion Pool, Hillisang, Mad Genius, Irrelevant, Best Top, Worst Top, Where Does He Stand? We're going to be talking about all of them, what's overblown, what's genuine, what's true facts. Um, and the last thing we're going to be talking about is the top four. Four teams remaining, three best of fives in front of us. It's banger content. Finn and Odawamne fist fight at one point, but we didn't timestamp, so you're going to have to watch the whole episode to find out when they start throwing hands. Uh, and when it gets, starts getting crazy, but I don't want to, I don't want to keep you away from the fist fight any longer. Let's just get into it. Let's start the episode. Welcome, gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the show. Finn back from Korea. Odo back to the analyst desk. Back from LEC. <laughs> back from LEC. Um, yeah, thanks for both for coming in. Of course, uh, hearts out to Dagdazi is sick today. But Odo, any any final? I don't want to. We drag you here every time after your team has lost. It's actually we, true. And we have a sad like Odo therapy episode. And this is not a sad Odo therapy episode, I swear. But like any any closing thoughts from Winter Split for for Giant X? I mean, it's crazy because it's actually always happening. I think last time I came here, it was straight <laughs> after a loss. Now it's also straight after a loss. <laughs> I don't know way before that what happened, but it does seem like uh, it is my therapy session here. But closing thoughts. Yeah, it um, started better than last year. <laughs> um, my vacation was one week shorter, so I, I'm loving it. Um, you know, shame, we didn't do more. But at the same time, I feel like, um, like you know, I expected to beat Mad. But then it seems like Mad is just cracked right now. And seeing their level of game and... Uh, the sort of drafts they go for, it doesn't really surprise me that we lost because I felt like we were huge meta slaves. And yeah. I think we were shooting ourselves in the foot ridiculously hard this split with the with the style that we were approaching, the things we wanted to play. So I don't know, I feel like the teams that are right now staying in playoffs and that are really good are quite dynamic and have a lot of flexibility in the in the champs and the drafts that they're trying to do. So for me, you know, us getting murdered and kicked out of playoffs is, you know, is fair punishment for going for a playstyle that is so, you know, passive. Yeah, I kind of hope for for more in your last series there. I feel like you guys had the only execution series of the best, like the, the that only was brutal, every yeah. other elimination <laughs> series. There was like some fight, and yeah. well, we just watched, we just watched you guys for like an hour just get yeah, it, it headshot. It felt. <laughs> even worse you know <laughs> to play it because i was like first game i think it's like 15-0 yeah and i'm like and then i look at as the nexus is exploding i'm looking at the map like you know super panicked and i'm like oh thank god we got a tower because <laughs> 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 it would have been like a lot a lot worse but game two 
Game two, it was like, I mean, it was really weird because game one, we did whatever we practiced, you know, Cassandra yeah. Zir, blah, blah. Game two, full panic mode. We're like, okay, Just guys, we need, rumble. The we, need to, uh, we need the Rumble to save us. <laughs> and the thing is, the whole week, I didn't play like a single game of Rumble. So even though it's like my OTP, I was a bit rusty because I was like, yeah. surely we're not going to get Rumble, right? Everyone's like, they're not going to give us Rumble, even though we're playing the guy that, you know, has Rumble counters with, you know, Fiddlesticky, Karma, Kali, all of this stuff. So we're like, I mean, I think we just didn't prep well enough in, you know, exploring all the avenues for draft and everything that they could do. So we we're just kind of like caught off guard and underprepared. And yeah, I don't know, it just sucked a lot. So not even the rumble could save us there, you know? I mean, Damn. the rumble sucked. Yeah, it's rough, bro. I feel like there's the big red button on any yeah, team you're on, yeah. which is like break in case of emergency, rumble. Rumble cannon. Rumble cannon. Yeah, <laughs> rumble know, cannon. Save the day. <laughs> yeah. Pray for the team fight win. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it just wasn't it. You know, I mean, I'm happy we got punished and we got our head smashed in because now everyone's, at least I hope everyone on the team is like, yeah, I mean, if, if you play passive and you're just hoping for win, then you're going to get your head like kicked in. You yeah. Know? Well, so. especially there's so many like teams that play super aggressive this year, right? So it makes sense. Well, we'll see kind of what spring brings, I suppose. Finn, I was going to set this up really cool uh, and ask you, like, you know, Finn, uh, you know, there have been rumors that you're going to be joining Rogue. You know, the sheep is out here. Can you confirm or deny? But then you came to the podcast in a rogue jacket <laughs> and it's not even like an old one from the time he was there you know it's like it's like fresh from the market it's fresh yeah fresh off the printing Factory press fresh, yeah. brand <laughs> new yesterday yeah so can we confirm 100 percent finn yes. back i am back to in rogue. rogue for spring split and hopefully summer split as well it's uh nice to be back it feels yeah. very natural in a way to be a rogue cool. it's with like old teammates i play with marku and i play with larson uh oh, yeah that is true it's just like being back and seeing the guys, it feels like no time has passed. And I think hopefully we can perform a lot better in spring because yeah. summer split was a bit hard to watch if you were a rogue fan. Like it's yeah. just tough to see the game just drag on. It's like um, it's like the rogue are like playing elevator music. Like yeah. it's just repetitive and nothing is happening all the yeah. time. Uh, so I hope we can actually bring in some some more heats. I will I will do my best for it at least. That's all I can ask for because yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Um, as a caster, after like the first week, when you rolled up and you're like, who am I casting today? And you saw Rogue on the list, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like God. because you want to have something to talk about. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not want to like trash yeah. Rogue, right? It's just that when teams are losing and they're playing like that, it's like, guys, I want to, I want to tell people that you're great and that no. you're interesting and that you're cool because you're pouring your heart and soul into this game. But when you give me nothing, what am I supposed to it's do? Like, at, at least it can be Astralis 2023. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the guy you like you want to show. You're like, I can. My dog could do this cool trick. It's crazy. Like, look at what he can do. That he, he's like, I swear he can. He'll do it. He'll do it. Just give him a second. Like, it's gonna happen. I swear. That's what I feel like every time I cast Rogue. I'm like, guys, it's gonna happen. I swear. <laughs> they're they're exciting. I swear. I mean, I think uh, it's really funny because we did the the tech checks at one point at the beginning of the season, and yeah. our scrim on stage was was Rogue, right? Yeah. And we just had like a 45 minute scrim game where, uh, you know. There's almost Elder coming up, and there's like three kills in the game. And I'm like, wow. this In is a scrim? In a scrim. Damn. Uh, so it was crazy. But for me, like, you know, outside of the, the very obvious 
circle that has been happening. No, 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 because no. <laughs> not everybody knows about the circle. So yeah, that was my next question was, uh, Finn, I'm glad that you're the top laner for spring. Odo, yes. does that mean you will be Rogue's top laner for summer? For summer, no, but for, 20, <laughs> for 2025, yeah. But on top of that, the thing is, the only thing that needs to be decided is the order in which like one of us loses their jobs, right? So it's like, is Finn getting the boot first? Or am I getting the boot from, from GX and Shigenda's coming in? Yeah. Or uh, actually, I guess Shigenda took the boot first because Finn is in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shigenda will go to GX. So really, we should have brought Shigenda on the podcast too. So we, we should have, have all three yeah. parts of the circle. That would have been actually yeah. really funny. But <laughs> it's, it's like a, the rock, paper, scissors of LDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But for me, it's really funny because um, segue back to when like, you know, Finn got unfortunately... Did your contract run out or did you get replaced? Uh, what, what year? When I, when, I, when I went there. Which of the two times you replaced me are you referring to right now? Wait, which one was the first one? Wait, which one was the first Rogue one? 2020 to 2021, after Shanghai Worlds. Oh, it was Excel after. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, in, in the Rogue one, did your contract run out? Uh, I think I had a contract because I... Yes, I had a contract because I went to CLG and there was a buyout. No, but like when... Oh, it was a buyout, so they bought you out from Rogue. Yes. Ah, okay. Because for me, it was technically like, well, tech actually, my contract ran out, so Shigenda came in, you know, so I thought maybe it was one of these, like, circumstances, or like this. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those. You're uh, actually not kicked. We've just decided not to renew the contract. Yeah. Which it seems essentially exactly seems the like same as kicking you, but it won't cost us any money. So yeah. it's a very important <laughs> distinction. That, that's how it was for me. Like, when, when, uh, when Shigenda took my job, Technically, it wasn't my job anymore, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, well, technically, yeah, yeah, it didn't belong well, to you. Well, we really wanted you, but, you know, you know how it is. Your contract ran out, so, hmm, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going somewhere else. But <laughs> but back to that, it's really, it's really funny because one of the, like, community perceptions was that, like, Finn, or, like, I replaced Finn because mm -hmm. Finn was, like, way too chaotic for what the team needed. And now Finn is replacing the guy that replaced me because they need more chaos. Yeah. So I was like, they went, it's like the, the circle is, is, so there's like the circle and there's like an even bigger circle yeah. of like chaos, you know? Yeah, and then yeah, Finn, yeah. Is, Finn is back with the chaos and it's like, yeah, this is what we need. This, the chaos is back. Hell so yeah. The chaos is bad. Yeah. That's my narrative. The, the oh, red that's great. Is, I, was looking, I, was, I was looking for my angle. You know, yeah, the chaos is back. The orange button. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking the, I was thinking the cled. Oh, the cled. Oh. I thought you said the orange button. I was like, are you kidding? That'd be so funny. Imagine yeah. you just played it. They're like, oh, we need more chaos. Yeah. First game, orange. Cyan blind pick. But that's kind of like what happened when, 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 when Shigi went there. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, Odo is out because, uh, you know, he can only play tanks and stuff. And we need a superstar carry. Two weeks in, back to Orn. Look, man. They missed the Orn, man. You don't, you <laughs> don't appreciate it when you have it. That but when it's gone, true. you that feel the true. absence. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. true. But in reality, I do think that that's kind of like what Rogue needs. A little bit of Psycho. And who else to bring the Psycho than, you know, Blomster Finn, Finn over yeah, here. Yeah. But because, yeah. yeah, I mean, their gameplay was super, super slow. I felt like. You know, Larson benefited a lot in previous iterations of Rogue when he had kind of like at least one psycho on the team. Yeah. And I feel like right now there's not really a, a psycho. Like Markun is a bit of a psycho, you know, but... But he's not Malrang. Yeah, yeah, he's not like Malrang. He's, he's not, not like Malrang. willing to ignore you completely yeah, and like do whatever Ma he wants. Malrang was yeah. like the perfect level of psycho for Larson, right? And now I feel like, you know, um, Toplin was like, Toplin was all right, you know, but he, 
he wasn't really a psycho in bowling right now. He's like, you know, not really a psycho. Because before we had like Hans. Yeah. Uh, Hans inspired. And I mean, I wasn't a psycho, right? But having Hans on bowling to just be huge pressure point in, in the game helped. I don't know. It just felt like Rogue just didn't really have a pressure point outside of Larson. Like Larson, sure, is he's going to play his Azir or whatever. He's going he's gonna to push you in, get like his big lead and be strong in the game. But there's just no one else, you know. So now with like with Finn coming back, I think it's gonna look a lot, a lot better because at least there's gonna there's gonna be someone to take, like you know, a load off of uh, Lars yeah. and shoulders. Well, I hope that it's a positive start. I know you've literally just got back from Korea, so yeah. we'll see we'll see how it goes. I know you're gonna need some time to scrim to figure everything out. But I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I'm kind of in the same camp as you, Odo. But Finn, I won't make you talk about it too much because I know you. Haven't even been yeah, there you, yet. You guys just labeled me as Mr. Psycho. And then yeah, just yeah, leave yeah, it yeah, like yeah. that. Okay. That's how we make narratives. <laughs> but yeah, now you don't get a chance to respond <laughs> and we just move he on. He didn't even say no. He just sat there and was like, well, I guess I'm the Psycho now. <laughs> <laughs> you said Kled button. I think you're yeah, in on um, Are you going to be the Psycho? Can you bring the Psycho? I, mean, I remember the first time I came with Rogue, I came in and I played like, I think I played like Kiana top and stuff like this. I think I played against yeah, you. You, play, you, 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 be the, you be the life of the yeah. with that Kiana, yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. I have good <laughs> memories of that game. But I think I will just try to come in and try to create some at least plans you know because i felt like when rogue played last split they were just like they were just playing yeah and there was no real plans happening in the game you could tell that like one guy is fighting and then the other guys are like here and like oh i guess we have to go to the fight there's a happening over here uh, <laughs> but like there was no plan like we want to fight in this area i feel like that is just important to know when and where to fight and i feel like maybe that's what i can bring in a lot more for yeah. the team. back to basics to a certain degree <clears throat> well i'm excited regardless um kind of speaking of narratives finn's obviously now the psycho yeah. So we've locked that in. There are a lot of other like player narratives that are floating around. And I think that generally in esports, outside of like legacy dynasty kings, when there's a Oof. sentiment of a, like a player, it sticks pretty easily because it's pretty hard for people to take a second and like reevaluate. Their, there's yeah. a lot of confirmation bias. Yeah. Like if you call someone bad and then every time you see them do something bad, you just go, oh, yeah, that guy's bad, right? Yeah. Um, so I want you guys to help me evaluate some of the narratives that are kind of floating around right now All right. or old narratives mm -hmm. that maybe are outdated. Um, and I want to kick off. They talked about this a little bit last week, but we can hit it again here. Noah's small champion pool. This one's come up a few times. Last year, it was, you know, the Aphelioses. It was kind of these one or two carry picks. This year, it's been Varus. He did play Senna. He did play Ezreal this week as well, which maybe goes against that. I don't know what your guys' impression okay. of I want to say something bold, okay? Yeah. I think that's the Korean style of practicing. Usually with Koreans practice like a small champion pool and get really, really good at those two champions. And this goes for like top lane as well. I think if you look at Korean top laners, it's like the same four champions recycled usually. And maybe that is just how uh, he thinks it's the best. Because in Europe, I think we're a bit more freestyle. We play like so many <laughs> champions. We have people like Broken Blade and Mirwin that has like a encyclopedia of, uh, of, yeah. of champions. But I, I think he's just really good at what he's playing. And, and I think especially for AD carry, you don't need a wide champion pool. Like the the cookie cutter uh, draft for AD carries is like you ban one or two AD carries and then you first pick the strongest one that's left. Yeah. And then you have like a winning bot lane. Yeah. That is like the timeless draft of playing for bot lane and drafting for yeah. bot lane. And I think you don't need a wide champion pool for AD carry to do that. So I don't, I don't see it as a weakness to have a small champion pool as AD. I think it's just clever practicing. So do you think that his champion pool is effectively the same as most other players in our league when you look at it? Like, obviously, he's relied pretty heavily on the Varus this split. But otherwise, do you think it's just like he just keeps getting Varus? And so it's like, why Why would an AD play I, I, anything I mean, else? I mean, why would you like ban out the AD carry? Because he has like, I mean, you can try to banning him out, but I don't think it's going to like do that much damage in draft to just hard focus the AD carry in draft. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it just mostly depends on when you want to pick ADC because right now it feels like the meta and the trend is to pick AD quite early, you know, with bands and then you make the best one. Uh, you pick the best one out there. So, I don't know. I, I like, he's playing right now, I think he brought out the Ezreal and he's playing a lot of Varus and last year it was a lot, a lot of Aphelios. But... I do feel like there's a skill discrepancy between them because I feel like his Aphelios is on a completely different level than all of the other ones. And like, you know, Varus is not really a hard champion to play. You just sit there and you charge your Q and you're going to do a lot of damage because you're just like poke Varus and yeah, you're just kind of OP. So I don't know. I feel like he just didn't really have to face adversity yet where he goes for five because maybe, I don't know, maybe there will come a time where there's different meta champs that are super OP because for example, in... In GX, Patrick drops uh, every once in a while and, you know, takes something out of the hat. So you could say that maybe he has a bigger champion pool. But I don't know. I feel like he has a small champion pool. But, you know, it's kind of like what he, what is needed. And people didn't really, like, signal it out. It's kind of like maybe an every situation where, you know, he would just get Cassante 15 games in a row. And yeah. then everyone's like, well, why do you give him Cassante, you know? So it's like when people started banning Cassante, then he changed, you know? So I feel like you don't really know if he has a champion, small champion pool or not. I feel like he does a little bit right now, but I think it also goes back into what Finn said, where it's kind of the style of practice, because in Europe, I think most of the teams kind of want to be flexible and creative with their picks and stuff, but in reality, when you do some analysis on some teams, I think most players in, in like, you know, the good playoffs teams, they just recycle or like cycle through three or four picks, and and that's just it, you know, and they never get forced to play something else because if you're playing the the meta picks and you're really really strong at them then you don't really need to to bring something out you know because yeah meta picks are meta picks because they're just op and i think ad especially in the meta i will say that it's like why would you if you can first pick forest most teams are going to first pick forest because that's what you first like you're trading either junglers or you're first picking ad right it's like his most played is forest Callista. And I think he had one bad Senna game and he had one pretty decent Senna game. And his, his Ezreal looked all right too, right? Um, but ultimately, like, if he keeps picking Varus, I'm not going to be mad. I feel like that's the best path forward for Fnatic, right? It's just simple. It's straightforward and it lets them do other stuff. Like, all the kooky shit that you talk about, Mirwan busting out, all, like, the crazy, like, there's not that many crazy mid-picks, but some of the crazier mid-picks. It's like, yeah. those can only happen because AD is boring. Right? Yeah, but like, like, the bot lane is boring. Yeah, you know exactly what you're getting. Depends on the role because I think in most of the... Most of the Tinkons that I look, I feel like top lane is a little bit of a kind of like a Joker, a Joker card where you like, you know, pick something or like slot it in that just fits with the team comp. Yeah. While ADC stylistically, yeah, like sure, if you go Ziggs, then that's when you're kind of the Joker, you know, where you change the whole dynamic of the team. Yeah. But right now with Varus Kalista being OP, I feel like you're just shooting yourself in the foot by being funny and not picking Varus or Kalista because I feel like most draft structures, you know, are... You know, in every meta, there's like three, four OP champions maybe that are considered like heads heads up or like shoulders above everything, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And when you have to do these trades, you kind of have to pick the OP champ. And I feel like maybe that's just how their identity is and how they structure their drafts. Yeah. No, I mean, I think AD carries just scale so well with gold. Like, so you don't want to yeah. pick an AD carry that's going to lose lane gracefully. Like, yeah. the top, you can pick an Orn, you will lose lane gracefully and you'll be fine. But if you pick an AD yeah. carry that loses lane gracefully because you picked like a champion that stylistically fitted the game better yeah but you lose lane gracefully like it's just worse because you'd rather have a strong ad carry that has pressure in lane and that gets his items at a faster pace than other champions nice 
Yeah, so it feels to me like, yeah, right now the champion pool from what we've seen doesn't feel big. feels like a pretty small champion pool, but also it doesn't matter. It's just not really a big yeah, deal. you don't need to have a big champion pool. Like, yeah. It's not going to win you the game. Yeah, as at least an AD, I think, for the most part. Um, all right, thank you. Next one. This is a hard one for me. Hillisang the Mad Genius. We've been gone back and forth on Hilly for years. This is an old one. This is the old classic, right? Recycled. And I, I just, and it's, yeah, and I'm just bringing it up now because I think that over the last few years, and kind of every year with Hillisang, right? There's always some narrative. Is he a genius? Is he sprinting it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think this is like, Ooh. this is as long as Hilly is going to be in our league, I feel like we're going to be having these, this discussion. And so I guess my question to you is, is like, how do you guys feel about Hillisang in this modern day and age? Obviously had some pretty rough games this past weekend. So I think that's how a lot, a lot of people are going to be on the negative side of the Hillisang mad genius coin. But like, where do you guys sit? I'm 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 torn on it because I was like I was on the Mad Genius hype train mm. and then I think he joined was it Mad last year? Yep. And I feel like in in winter and spring or I'm not sure but I think oh, like the beginning splits of the year he like leveled up massively I felt like I felt like his int went away because you know props to the mad coaching stuff with like you know mad pad uh, mad <laughs> mac pad and uh, everyone else over there and i was like wow they elevated his his like gameplay they took like all the int out and then um all the good parts of hilly that everyone loves about him stayed so mm -hmm. he like leveled up massively and then i think he had another dip uh towards the end of summer and now I think his most recent, I mean, I haven't seen the recent games. I think now he's Vitality, right? No, yeah, yeah, he's vitality. yeah, he's Vitality. I haven't seen what happened, but I have seen a lot of, you know, comments about the fact that he was, you know, sprinting it and he had like a really bad series and stuff. It was a really bad series. Like it was, it was pretty, game one especially was, was pretty egregious. He just got caught. Yeah. Ton. But that's the thing, he gets caught. I also feel like he is the sort of player who, he's either the one doing the catching or he's the one getting caught. But a lot of time he's playing, you know, like Rakan, which which lets him walk this fine yeah. line between, yeah. you know, he's like being pushing an inter. it to see how far yeah. he can go. And then so he's walking this fine line between the being the inter and being like uh, a genius. So I don't know. I, I think it's 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 kind of goes both ways where I feel like, you know, if a coaching staff gives him the tools, he will do good. But I also feel like someone needs to put the reins on him and say, okay, you are banned from playing this champion, you know, because stylistically it's not what you do best. Yeah. Because I think he played set and he grieved. Yeah, set. so the first game was the set game and he... Was that the one with the Akshan J-stop? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that was the game no, no, two. No, 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 that was game two. Oh, was yeah, game yeah, two. so okay. this was Gwen, Akali, Varus. They had the positive, like, first few levels in lane phase where yeah. the set was good. And then he spent the rest of the game, like, alting and then dying mid-alt animation every time he'd try to make a play and getting caught kind of... Yeah, I mean, Setus is a obsolete champion almost these days. It's yeah. so hard to make Set work. I think I tried to play him as well, but I feel like everyone in the game right now has so much more movement speed than like two yeah. years ago. Like twenty twenty when Set was good, uh, compared to yeah, now, the game was more static. Yeah, I feel like now everyone is like movement speed shards. There's like little cinders on the floor that makes you fast. He gives run yeah. away, and Set really hates when people are faster than him. Like he because he can only run up, pull you in, and like. Fight one you, one you know? two punch and yeah, then that's one two it. left yeah. right yeah and then the ult if you don't get like a crazy ult angle you can't actually get access i feel like set is really hard to make work and props to Hulli for going for it but i think that game was probably on him 
Yeah. I do think the other game he got a bit trolled. Like this they have had like Akshar into Jay's top and they put everything into him and then he like got solo kill under the enemy guys. Oh, tower. Yeah, I saw that one. I saw that yeah. One. I think that's really sloppy. Like I can't put that on him because I feel like they put all the eggs in a different basket and he helped with that and then that just didn't work out, which happens sometimes. But I yeah. mean They definitely always struggled with inconsistency, I feel like. Yeah. I think that was the biggest issue over over time for Hilly was the fact that he was inconsistent. And I think that's also where the narrative comes from, you know? Because yeah. people look at him and he has these like completely insane games, MVP games, where he's just, he's like the god of League of Legends, you know? And then he just does such stupid mistakes and everyone's like, how? <laughs> how can you go from being literally Jesus in League of Legends to just ending like this shamelessly. <laughs> and I think that's why people are so mad because it's like, he obviously has it in him and he's obviously very talented and smart. But I don't know. I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening I don't know there. what's happening either. I wonder if it gets better as he and like Daglas get more time to play together, right? Because Daglas has obviously had some yeah. pretty up and down games and I think is still trying to figure out. Like he's a young player, right? Yeah. I, I just think that he really likes to push the limits a lot, uh, Hilly. He really likes to, you know, do things that he's not allowed to do just because he is creative and usually that's how you push the game to the next level it's when you do things or when you know you can break rules you do it you know Mm -hmm. but i think he's walking that line too too much and i also feel like maybe if the team was full of psychos like him then it would work you know because everyone has the same philosophy because the thing is a lot of time in the past in some of my other teams we would like have this discussion about hey, when do we want to break rules and when do we want to be creative and blah, 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 you know? And all it took was one guy to not be on the same page and it looks like someone is griefing super hard. So it might be also one of these cases where he feels like everyone has his back, but in reality, someone else has a different plan. Yeah. She's like, if he does what he wants to do, but no one is willing to like drop a wave to join him, Yeah, I feel like it's never going to work out. It's all about the waves in the end, you know? Like, if yeah. you're really attracted to your waves and you don't, like, want to leave them, then it's hard to, for him to say Those minions are juicy. Those minions are very fine. juicy. Consistent yeah. income, mm-hmm. stability. Mm-hmm. I imagine, especially when you're, like, losing games and your support's like, hey, I'm going to need you to just give up 300 gold to come make this play with me that might win us the game or might do nothing. And yeah. you're like, or I could just make $300. Yeah. You know? So I mean, you know, those $300 go straight into your low esports stats. That's, That's true, true. Yeah. and those stats are important because I'm going to use them to make really sharp judgments about you as a player. Because <laughs> the thing is, it's like, you know, if it's for me, my favorite stat is the, the one at 14 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because a lot of time, what happens is that at like 13.55, there's like 20 minions about to crash in my tower, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, ah, shit, I have five seconds to farm them, or my stats look bad. Actually, <laughs> Rumble all, bam. Actually, <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> Senkuk's told me a story about him and Wonder on Splice that like every time at like 9.30, they would stack the wave, you know? So when it would crash oh, at 10 minutes, it's so good. they would have like a 15 CS lead <laughs> by default. Yeah, it, That's it, how you it, know you're a good it, team, because you can focus on stuff like this. It goes like that, because I remember, who was it with... Uh, for, forgiven used to do this funny thing where he would like make us a mega stack, like three wave stack. Yeah. He would crash it, press tab. Oh, I'm 20 CS ahead. <laughs> and then I would check 20 <laughs> seconds later when the guy just farmed his way under the tower. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're, <laughs> you're like dead even. But that's what you guys do as well. This is, this is my narrative watch. Oh, yeah, okay. Narrative this watch. This is my narrative yeah, watch. Where's the narrative at? So Come you on, g- tell me. You guys do this thing with like four. The thing is, you guys, at 14, you're like, okay, this is like 
cut, you know? Yeah, this, sure. This is this is how it looks. This is the absolute truth. These are the numbers don't lie, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if you take the stats at 1410, or like at the time where there's just like no one has to farm any wave, sure. It will look completely different. Sure. But you have to pick a time. But to that's pull the, stats. But see, that's the thing, because then you have you have like yeah. little, little I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, I'm not gonna tell you that your at 14 stats are perfect. And I would even argue because our new format's so short that stats are hard because there's not enough of a sample size. But yeah. over the course of the entire split, but, oh, no. uh, <laughs> over like old format, 18 best of ones. Yeah, but look at you're not crashing away every you. single no, game. But like look at <laughs> look what Finn says. Finn says that, like he had Wonder and Sekuks, and these two guys would yeah, just I had never always, heard that. That's hilarious. They would just always stack their wave to make it to make it juicy, you know. So I yeah, think yeah. that that's my play from now on. At 13, 30, I'm yeah. gonna start the most useless slow push of all time. This is this is what I'll say. It's like <laughs> I think stats in League of Legends are pretty limited, and I think that anyone who's if I want to say Odo's good or Finn is good. If my only evidence, if I'm not using any clips from a VOD, if I just roll in with just stats, you're kind of clowning. Because the stats are so limited. Like, yeah. oh my God, guys, he's got insane DPM and high forward percentage. It's like he was playing Rumble into tanks. He got free push and he's just sitting there with first strike farming Yeah, but DPM. no one cares about that. That's <laughs> yeah, the narrative. You know, yeah, but that's my point. It's like without the like contextual stats are really hard because people are like, Unvaris is meta. People are like, damn, this guy is so good. I was like, well, are we... That it's lethality virus meta. Like yeah, but all see, of his damage no numbers time, are trash. No one has time to talk about the context. So you guys would just put the stats and be yeah. like, this guy's good or this guy's no, bad. No, okay, but also I'm gonna give credit to the analysts on the desk. Usually they are giving context, but your ass just doesn't get the context because you can't hear that. You're sitting on stage, you turn around and look at the graphic behind <laughs> you're like, you in Pikman. You're like, huh. oh shit, I've got really low kill participation. <laughs> they must be saying I'm trash right now. And they're probably not. Just listen to what they're saying. They're not out here just like well, sorry, guys. I think Odo's good, but you look at these numbers. Um, he's shit. I don't know what to tell you. He's <laughs> garbage. Like, stats are there okay, to support. Fair, fair. They're there to support what, like, visuals are showing you if you're looking yeah. at clips, if they're used well. And they can be misused, and they are all the time. People will just copy, paste stats, and post them on Twitter with no context. But yeah. that's Twitter. And that's my yeah. coach pet peeve, by the way. When a coach comes to you, and, like, this champion <laughs> is really OP right now, and, yeah. like, shows you it has a 70% win rate. <laughs> and then it shows you like across like 50 games yeah. and like half of those are like in ARLs. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, that's great. No, that's the that's other. The, the other classic is um, they're like, this champion's win rate is insane. Like not a lot of people are playing him, but it's really good. And you're like, who's playing him? And it's like night. And you're like, how are yeah. you, you going to take night's win rate? It's like AD Energizer LeBlanc. Someone's like, AD Energizer LeBlanc like statistically looks really good right now. It's like there are three people in the world playing this champion. Yeah. It's Angel, Knight, and Caps. Yeah, and they're mostly winning. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, of course, the stats are gonna look. There's good. a lot of funny ones because, like, even like at meta champs, you know, a lot of times since, like, let's say Cassante is OP meta champ, and it has forty percent win rate, and then someone out there will come and say, "Yeah, well, this champ has forty percent win rate, so you shouldn't play him." And I'm like, and then I look at who's losing. And it's literally Billy from 20th place LPL <laughs> playing against BLG and JDG and everyone. Yeah. So I'm like, no matter what you play, you will lose. Yeah. So it doesn't mean the I mean, champion is not OP. It's also you know? like if a champion is OP, it's higher chance a more people are gonna like, play you're going to yeah. give it to a lower tier team. Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah. you're playing against a really good team, you don't give them the OP champion. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're playing against SKT T1 or if you're playing against Gen G or you're playing against yeah. whatever like best team, you don't give them the OP champions. Yeah. But if you play against Billy Boys, uh, in like the yeah. 16th place LPL, you can you can give him the. If yeah. we just if we just airdrop T1 
into CB Law and tell them to play only Shaco for a month. Like yeah. Shaco's gonna have some nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You saw what happened at the what was it? The the show match thing. The Red Bull thing. Yeah. yeah. The, the T one boys came. Mega jet lagged. Didn't sleep for like a hundred hours. They have to play Heretics. Heretics has like sixty bands, and they still lose. <laughs> So it's like all of a sudden you look you look at that game and you're like, oh, what did he play top? Volibear? Mmm, it has to be OP. <laughs> Volibear is strong. The stats don't lie. Yeah, so I agree with the... You, if, if anyone ever presents you stats without greater context and tries to say this is a definitive conclusion, they're trolling. Stats can also be used to ask questions. So if I look at your stats and it's like, Odo's down 20 CS at 14 every game. <laughs> why? I say why, and then yeah. I go watch the VOD. And maybe it's what you're talking about. Oh, there's, you know triple creep wave crashing into yeah. his tower every single game. At 14 every time. At 14, 15, you know, he's <laughs> even again. It's farming clock. They're out to get you. Well, now that Shigenda is a free agent, you should be really careful uh, about your spot. He could come at any I'm moment. not sure if he's free agent, but you know, it's like, it is the time of trades and everything, but it is, it is quite spooky, you know? That's why when there's a fight happening at 14 and the wave is coming to me, I choose the wave. Yeah, you choose the wave every time. Yeah. Sorry, Hillary. So everyone will, everyone will <laughs> die, but you know, at least I'm like, yeah, lowly sports. Yeah. All right. Well, back to the hilly point. It sounds like he's still somewhat the mad genius. He has his Jesus games, as you called them. <laughs> he's definitely coming off some in games, but we'll see if like he brings back more of the genius in the future. Doesn't feel like it's so doom and gloom, which is nice. Last one before we move on to talking about the final four in the league. Um, irrelevant best top laner in the league. Obviously came off of a pretty nice series against Fnatic where he clapped Oscar, I think, three out of three games in the 1v1. You're both top laners. Everyone is super hype on Irrelevant right now. They're all on the the Irrelevant hype train. Mm. Is he is he just number one? Is he the king of top lane now? Like we're gonna make it so like direct, you know? Like, boom! I would say definitely top three. I think so. Yeah. But saying he's the best top laner is very hard. If because I didn't play against him as well, you know. So it's sure, the last sure. last time you did, so you probably yeah. know better. But I think he's <laughs> he's obviously playing really well on every stage game, and it has to show something it's gonna yeah. show a lot like i think he's really good at his champions and he utilizes them very well he's always drawing jack spans as well which is very like good for a team yeah, when jack is not even good anymore now. yeah he's still i feel like these people have trauma you yeah, know yeah. Like... people just don't like people have seen like oh my god his, his stats his jack stats and uh yeah so they, they, they just ban the jacks always um i think i think he's definitely in the in the discussion I think he's I think he's good. I think I actually think the beginning of his split was better than than end of the split. I felt like his performance, at least when I played him, I felt like it started falling off slowly. Um it was a little bit more annoying to play at the beginning because the Jax was there. But ever since the Jax kinda disappeared, I didn't really feel like it's so it's so insane. But um what matchups did he have, I think, against Oscar? Because I I remember looking at that game and I'm like Oh yeah. well, he has so fir first. He game. has OP matchups, three games in a row. Yeah. I mean, for sure, he had I, the one I remember really. It was Rumble vividly. versus Orn. It was Nar versus Sack, and it was Cassante versus. Oh my gosh! Was it Cassante versus Sack? Cassante Atrox. Cassante Atrox. Yeah. Cassante yeah. So those all those three matchups are like I mean, Cassante Atrox is the most 50-50. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the other two ones are like mega stomps. You know, it's like you're playing Nar versus Zack. Zack is gonna sit there and be useless. You're playing Rumble versus Onion. Because the thing is also on this patch, Orn lost 16 MR. He's not having 16 MR anymore because of the rune changes. So no. any AP top is going to be the Orn super hard, you know? So on all patch, this matchup used to be a lot better for Orn, but now it's just unplayable. Yeah. So I feel like he got really, really good matchups, you know, and props to him for, for getting him, getting the matchups and like navigating them. 
But I also feel like Oscar mega dropped the I ball mean, that series. I mean, like Oscar I, really trolled the Ord game, especially. I think he like tried to push in the rumble early. And then like he yeah. realized, like after two waves, wait, I can never crash this wave. So yeah. he goes up, tries to push it, gets completely grilled in his face. Yeah. It turns like some Orn barbecue and, and then he's just yeah. on the bounce. Because then Rumble just pushes the wave in, he's standing there on tower with one HP. And it just sucks. I mean, I... <sighs> The thing is, everyone also has recency bias massively. Oh, and of course, the thing that's is like you, the same thing with the hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you see such a such a huge mismatch on top lane, which happened because I think I mean Aatrox died eight times the first game. So he was yep. kind of useless in the Zac game, and he was also kind of useless in the one game. And I'm like, is that him being the go- the goat, or is that just Oscar griefing, you know, and having a poor series? Because for me, Eleven for sure is is he is good, you know, he's. He's not like this average Joe that, you know, randomly had a good series. He's been having consistently good games. But I think putting him as the best is kind of more of this narrative where people are just, people like a want a shiny new toy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, oh, well, BB is good. Ah, but G2 is the best, you know? So yeah, yeah. I don't want BB as my best. I want someone else. Who yeah. do we find? Uh, oh, okay, irrelevant, irrelevant. You're the best now, you yeah. know? And I feel like people, they just want new stuff. They just want new stuff to make it interesting and to kind of redraw their yeah. their their passion and attention more and get them more involved into like being a new fan, you know? Because you, it's, I mean, he passed the itis. He like yeah. stomped Oscar. So everyone's like on the hype train, but... I think first, or like being the best is a bit too much, but he is, he's a contender. I think for sure the BB slander has gone too far. Like, ju- yeah. I think just because of the international performances, people like disrespect him so much now. Yeah. Like, why? Because he loses the bin? Or, or what? <laughs> like, is, is that, that... That's the thing. Like, even like when I went to, to Worlds, everyone's like bashing me. Oh, uh, 369, be the shit out of you. And I'm like, Yes. Yeah, but he beats the shit out of everyone. <laughs> That's the point. I'm not the best in the world. Sucks, you know? But just because you lose versus yeah. a guy that's maybe top three in his role in the world doesn't mean that you are the worst in the world. Yeah. And but, that's how everyone acts. But, but the logic is they saw you lose internationally, but they didn't see yes. this person lose internationally. So, so that's just that like coffee. There's, yes. a, there's optimism. So yeah. I think irrelevant sounds like top three feels safe. First is a stretch, it feels like. It's yeah, hard. It's hard it's to super say. Super stretch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is who is the best top winner in your guys' eyes? Like, if, if you have to give number one to somebody, and it can't be yourself, just for argument's Damn. sake, you oh, know. Was, oh, was the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> Finn, Finn, Finn. He's the best. He's back. Uh, um, or best performing this split, let's say. Think, Loki Adam. Really. I mean, I mean, he made a grief last series. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see the last series completely in its entirety. The, the thing that I value really highly in top lane right now is the fact that there's this Zach TF thing happening, and I feel like top lane. Ever since the the patch, I feel like there's been top laners that's been flying around under the radar. Like for example, TF. I thought TF was like really busted for like two weeks now, but yeah. then no one really played it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like a huge believer in TF and into Zach, and. Now you see that this whole um, meta in playoffs is kind of it's kind of uh, changing with with top lane picks, and I feel like you know BB having Zach ready and TF ready, and you know changing the whole dynamic around top lane is what I value the most in in top lane right now because you know I could have said maybe before playoffs that Adam has been having a really good split, 
But at the same time, it was, you know, a meta that was very stale, stable. Um, he was kind of drawing the meta to him by, you know, having Garen, Darius, Olaf ready into Cassante because Cassante was the meta pick. Um, what else would be the next meta to play? Maybe like Nar or something, and he would have answers to them. Yeah. But now there's like a Zack and a little TF running around. And now you're the one forced to counter the Zack and TF and you don't know how. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard because right now what I see is like you just ban Jax to pick TF. Um, Zack, you can keep it as a counter. With the Senna running around, you can also just flex Zack to support or whatever. And jungle is like... You're very deadly with this weird champion pool on top lane. And right now I feel like the ones that are doing it the most are probably... BB and Merwin to some extent because he has like you know a lot of yeah, yeah. counter picks but in terms of like you know blind pick value I feel like BB is giving huge blind pick value and is making it really hard to draft against G2 because it feels like how are you gonna get winning lanes when there it also might be a G2 syndrome where how are you gonna get winning lanes when they're flexing everything everywhere three faker topside syndrome yeah three faker topside that's, <laughs> yeah. that's an old term yeah the, the yeah. classic that's and an old term. your top lane is just like TF Zach, and then he also brings Yasuo versus Nar, and he has like you know funny counter picks. So I'm like, yeah. it's hard because it feels like when you go play against G2, you can't. How how do you get winning lanes? It's it's very reasonable, yeah. I think it's, you make a good argument for uh, BB. It's just the worst when they pick TF one two, and you're like, oh okay, I guess we don't know where it's going. It can go top or mid, and then yeah. they pick Zach, and it's like, oh, this can go free rolls, and then they pick. I mean, they probably pick AD carry on two, but then they pick like two flex lanes. And then they pick Senna as well, and yeah. it's like, okay, well. Yeah. Oh, maybe the maybe in this very, very funky case, uh, Zach goes jungle and there's a Maokai support now yeah. with Senna IDC, and you're like, well, I don't want to pick. I, I do know Mickey loves his Twisted Fate support as well. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Yeah. In, in Excel, he was very vocal about it. Like, <laughs> Guys, it's really good. It's really good. You, really don't good. you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. Guys. <laughs> Guys. Yes. I want the best of the miniature Mickey signature. <laughs> Guys. Um, all right. Well, it sounds like Broken Blade kind of a front runner, but a lot. it's hard to detangle that from what G2 are doing right now. And I guess we'll just have to see based on the, the upcoming matchups. It's just hard when G2 is like here and everyone else is here to like shoot someone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's the, it's always kind of tough to look at players really individually, maybe outside of like their laning phases, right? Because yeah. it's just like, but well. Even laning phases uh, is a result of drafting to some yeah. some degree. I like think it's mostly about top lane though. Yeah. I feel like top lane is always hard to to kind of put your finger on how good they are and how much they provide for yeah. the team because it feels like you're the role that kind of slots in. Yeah. Yep. Because if you, right now, mm -hmm. if, yeah, if you, if you look at, at mid lane, or ADC, or jungle, I feel like it's a lot easier to name a best, right? Because I feel like they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of the engine of the team where, you know, you look at mid or you look at caps or you look at Hans and you're like, you see what they provide. Yeah. Because usually the game is being played through mid or ADC or jungle or whatever. Mm. But at top lane, I feel like you're the one that has to adapt to what your team does. So that's why it's hard to... To see the real value of, of yeah. top lane. Maybe it changes if we ever get a Fiora meta again or something and we can yeah. watch that stuff. Uh, it's probably not happening. Yeah, I don't think so. Never, probably not in our region. I mean, maybe or, you see this, the the level of top lane now when, when Finn is back and he brings out his little cled. The, yeah, the chaos. Remember, yes. Finn is the chaos. Mr. Chaos. And, yeah. Mr. Chaos. and yeah, then yeah, Finn yeah. becomes the engine of the team. And the yes. thing is, not a lot of teams put, put top lane on such a like a front runner to being the engine or like the main the main character of the team. Vitality tried. And then yeah, Mirror one just <laughs> one, yeah. one tapped him and got 700 gold. So, yeah, yeah. so good effort. Um, 
Because we're kind of deep in the episode now, I want to shift over to talking about some of these matchups. Obviously, if you haven't seen the bracket yet, G2 are the big boss. Waiting below them is BDS. And then whoever challenges BDS will come from our first matchup. First matchup is Mad uh, versus Fnatic. And this is an interesting one to me because Fnatic in the previous matchup 2-0'd Mad Lions Koi. Right, and that was kind of the crazy poke comp stuff. I don't know if you remember that game. Oh, yeah, that there was, was like that, that was, was like really all over the place, like zero tanks. There was the Jays versus the Virus, right? Yeah, there was just chaos, yeah. Uh, yeah. absolute chaos games. Um, I still feel like this is close. I don't know. I how how are you guys feeling? Like, what do you? What is your impression of this matchup? Who do you think the most important players are? I'm nervous for Oscar. I think because for the same reason that people are hyped about Irrelevant, obviously he's coming off of like a pretty terrible series and. I'm a bit nervous for, for Skowie, I would say. I would say like Humanoid becomes like a forced breaking wind in these kinds of playoff brackets. And I think for Skowie, it's, like, it's still his first split. I, I think he might end up having some challenges if, if uh, Humanoid really steps it up and like, communicates heavily with Rasork, like, makes a plan. Uh, I think just Humanoid's laning is probably the best in the league. And uh, maybe that would be an issue. Because I think for Skowie, works the best when he's someone that joins the fights and plays with Yoya in the side lane as well. Like they have Mirwin top and they have the Super Alvar bot and Friskawi kind of joins them. But I think if, if Friskawi is just getting really blasted, I think he's not, uh, I don't think Madeline's, it's a team that's going to uh, help him a lot. I think he will just suffer in silence. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see them like using a lot of support moves or top lane moves or, or jungle timers to actually relieve mid. Yeah. So if mid matchup is hard, I think maybe Friskawi will, will bleed a lot. Yeah. So, do you think it's is is that the biggest individual discrepancy you think on the team? Are other mm. roles just closer? Because I, mean, I think this one is quite a big one because I think Razork leveled up massively. I feel like this guy is completely cracked right now for the things that he does so on uh, on Fnatic. But yeah, uh, I didn't really think of it before, but now that Finn brought it up, I I kind of see it. I feel like when I think of Rescawi and Humanoid, I feel like they're kind of the same profile in the champions that they're trying to play. Um, that sense of like this control mage mid, but I feel like humanoid, yeah. When I mean, his split so far has been really good, and playoffs ramps up even more. And his laning phase is like super, super good. So I feel like it's gonna be a big mismatch over there just because of the same play styles. And yeah, also Frescawi is, as Finn said, someone that wants to join the fight and kind of be a little facilitator and, and help everyone, while humanoid is a bit more of a pilot. I am concerned though for top lane because, um, I'm not sure how Oscar will deal with with, with that loss because oh, well with that win, but it, it felt like a loss. <laughs> yeah, a loss for him. I mean, win for Fnatic. Did, it did feel well, like a loss. Suffer from success. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Merwin leveled up a bit uh, with his counter picks. It is quite annoying to to deal with him, and I, I'm like, I feel like it's a lot more annoying to deal with Merwin counter picks than to deal with irrelevant counter picks, and so I feel like it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. And I don't know how Oscar's form is right now just because of this last game. I feel like he's he's been kind of having a little bit of a sleeper split. I don't think he had like many, many great games. The start of the season was pretty good for him when he was like... Cassante, He was yeah. playing Cassante and he was building like a lot. He was having these crazy games where he's winning lane and he's also yeah. building these support items yeah. and just carrying fights. Yeah. But then since then, it has been, I would say, inconsistent yeah. at, at best. Because the thing is, as a team, Fnatic for me feels like they kind of... I wouldn't say they dropped off a cliff, but their level has been dipping a little bit, I feel like. While Mad, they came out swinging in playoffs, right? They went like 2-0, 2-0, I think. 
Um, and I think they had a really, really good meta read. And I felt like they're playing meta champs or like this this weird alteration to the standard meta a lot, a lot better. Um, so for me, I actually thought that Mad would be would be a little bit better than Fnatic just because Fnatic is dipping. But at the same time, I don't know, it's just Humanoid Factor, you know? Humanoid, Humanoid Razor, these two can... Yeah can carry anything but for me when i give it straight to like meta and overall team play i would think that mad is a little I bit mean, favored because it's, it's chaotic it's interesting because we started the best of threes with fanatic beating mad lions koi in that kind of crazy 2-0 game and it was one of the first times i think we saw mad lions koi's bot lane not perform super well i think it was like i think because credit to super alvaro or alvaro um they haven't had a lot of bad games individually yep. that was like the only bad game i think we've seen from alvaro was like the recon game that game two where he just whiffed like six w's oh yeah in, in the clutch right but since then you're right i think the momentum has been good they obviously had a great series against you guys great series against vitality um super super dominant bot lane is the only other question for me because i think mid is an easy call and top feels like an easy call because oscar's coming off this loss and mirwin's so confident you know what i mean i feel like if oscar's not sure of himself he's just going to get danced on yeah um jungle i give the edge to razzler because i don't think lgs had the greatest split but they're yep. both good you know what i mean but no. bot to me is the big question because heading into that matchup i expect the first time they played in playoffs i expected super and alvaro to be way better because i think noah and jun have had okay season some really rough yeah. lanes but they've had like you know it's been all right but that was one of the few times they actually smacked lane they actually mm -hmm. played really well in the 2v2 so i don't know what to expect bot lane everything else feels easy like top side feels so easy to understand bot lane is the mystery to me because i don't know why um past draft i think that in the second game the rakan zaya was tough with into the varus and like giving him varus again was I feel like a little questionable. Yeah, it's not so good. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea when it's like, regardless of how you feel about his champion pool, don't give the man the best champion in the meta and the best, yeah. you know, and his best pick as well. But like, I, yeah, I don't know why they struggled last time. I think it's close though. Who do you actually predict to take it? I, I think Fnatic will take it. I, I do have faith in, in the mid jungle of Fnatic more. And I feel like, and mid, mid jungle support. It's BO5, right? Yeah, BO5. BO5? Okay. Yep. I mean, unless Mirwin just creates a scenario where the drafting for Fnatic becomes so hard, yeah, I do think Fnatic should should take it. I think they have enough prep. Yeah, I, I mean, even though I think maybe Mad um, read of the meta is a little bit better, I still feel like Fnatic is gonna take it. Probably maybe like three one. Yeah. yeah, I think the humanoid factor is the biggest thing. Like yeah. Oscar, Mirwin, you know, everything else. Like there's you can kind of debate across the board, but like humanoid when he's playing is he's playing he's yeah. playing he's really good and he's also like the king of mid game you know yeah. what i mean and mid game is trash in our league right now yeah, outside is, of a few teams horrible, yeah. so I, I had the pleasure of scrimming in with fnatic a few times when i was uh in the void of, of job uh, <laughs> and playing with humanoid like i realized how much this guy is doing like he's just dictating the mid game it's like oh these camps are spawning we're gonna play for them now like yada 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 yeah. like it's just and i feel like that's so important especially against mad who are a team who like usually if they're beating you early game they leverage that to win the game you yeah. know what i mean like th that's what most of their good games look like if if they don't have a massive lead it does look pretty shaky yeah and you saw that against Fnatic in some of those late games a lot of the times like if they're picking a fight on their terms they're gonna win almost they're very good at fighting yeah. right but if they're shaky and the enemy team is not scared and they just collapse on one of the flankers like it all falls apart for them so fast yeah so yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think I think you could say that this is a 3-2. I think it's probably more like a 3-1. I think Mad Lions Koi probably get a game, at least from like a counter pick or something creative. But I think it's a humanoid diff. I agree. Yeah. The Mark Brazda, when he's going, bro, is going. Um, 
if we think Fnatic are winning, that puts them up against BDS. And this is where it starts to get harder for me. But kind of, I guess, the best question is, is well, let's just talk about BDS. BDS, clearly not better than G2. They got 3-0'd. And they got they got absolutely danced on guys, which yeah. makes I think our finals potentially anticlimactic. Um, they got run around the map in circles. G two just almost split them out of every single game. I feel like yeah. they never got yeah. to fight. Yeah. Um, but I still think BDS are really good, and I would assume that they're still better despite coming off of that loss, right? I would assume that you would still take them over Fnatic. That's hard. That's a really hard one, actually. I I I would. I think. I, yeah, I think you want to talk to me about it. Like, what do you like? Because I think that so the big thing for me, first off, we talked about the humanoid factor. I think Nuke has had a great year so far. Yeah, I think it's not going to be as big of a gap. And I think when we talk about our league generally being pretty rough in the mid game, BDS is one of the better teams in the mid game. They are not as good as G2, as we saw very clearly. But of the remaining teams, I think they have the most consistent mid game. Do they over rely on it sometimes where they're just like, throwing some lanes maybe a little <laughs> bit and then just coming together around third drake to try to win the game yeah but they do it so well that most teams haven't been able to break it other than g2 yeah i mean i think mid is not i wouldn't say it's a mismatch i think they're quite on even footing um their styles of play are kind of the same they're both playing this control magey stuff um yeah. and i feel like i think nuke has been good enough this split it, it doesn't really feel like you know humor can get some avenues where he can just run away with the game um shio has been you know great role player razork is like yeah razork is cracked for fanatic as we said earlier but shio does everything that bds needs him to do you know so there's like no i, I see that there's no cracks or flaws there but the problem is that i feel like oscar is a little bit of a typical meta player right now with you know um what is it Cassante. yeah you pick Cassante. if Cassante's out blah, blah blah you go down the list of whatever top laners are there but it, it does feel like if you go for these typical meta picks that have been here for the whole split then that's when adam is out to play right and the way it works with adam is that you don't have enough bands in second phase to yeah. to he's gonna have a funny champ yeah um he will do the funny on you yeah he will do the funny on you and <laughs> I'll bring that up in cast. <laughs> You'll do the funny on you. So I feel like, yeah, top, top is going to be a mismatch over there. At least that's how I see it stylistically. And like for bot lane, I mean, maybe Ice, I mean, Ice has been a little bit of a sleeper for me. Um, he's been all right. I think BDS bot lane in lane has been kind of sussy. I think the same is going to have been true at a couple points for Fnatic bot yeah. lane. I still give edge to Noah and in jun generally like 2v2 but yeah, i but don't think either of these lanes are about winning like lane yeah and when i think about it i'm like labrov map movement has been kind of clean i feel like he's there where he needs to he's yeah. he's where he needs to be he's with shio he's empowering his lanes wherever he needs to go and for me it's gonna be like a factor i feel like he's been having a good split um i feel like when you go player to player it's hard to just like yeah. decide yeah. but i feel like it's gonna come down to whoever like adapts to the draft chaos that's happening right now like i don't see neither of these teams adapting yeah that, that's, 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 that's what i was thinking yeah, like, as well i, I when i is, look at is these adam teams, gonna play tf and sack is oscar gonna play tf and sack will we see like these yeah. these kinds of champions will yeah because for me flavor of the month is tf and zach on top and i feel like none of them yeah. are playing it i, I mean maybe, since, maybe. since i'm out i didn't check solo queue or do my yeah, scouting yeah, right yeah. but my first impressions is that neither of them are playing it so then you go back into you go back to like the previous uh ladder of chaos where you're yeah. like okay who's gonna bring the chaos it's probably adam with you know the funnies yeah so but adam did play a lot of meta 
Uh, I mean, that's against Rita, I was a bit disappointed because he played like only Nar, Rumble, and, and Jax, right? Yeah, but he played meta, I feel like, because you don't really have good matchups to for the funny champions. I feel like in game one was the only time, no, game three was the only time he could have picked uh, Garen into Kassante and he chose not to. Yeah. But I also feel like, I think from what I noticed, they only do it with Oriana. Yeah. And I feel like they didn't really have Oriana, so they feel like the combo is just going to fall apart and then Garen yeah. is not too useful of a champion. Yeah, I mean, I mean Garen doesn't just beat Kassante. Kassante just scales. Yeah, uh, yeah, And Garen just scales. Like, there's no one, no one is dying there yeah. in a normal game. So, yeah. So, so, all I will say is I just did quick lookups. Pro players' visible solo queue accounts yeah. aren't the most reliable source because everyone's got their own secret accounts. Yeah. So, Adam is just spamming a, a bunch of Jace... There's an AD cannon here. That's kind of spicy. I don't think that's real. No, that's but otherwise, happening. it's like, it's, you know, it's whatever. Kind of Jeez. normal solo yeah. history. There is a pretty good amount of TF top for Oscar in his solo queue history. So maybe we do. Yeah. I don't, it depends, obviously, on uh-huh. how scrims go. That's going to be the real decider, not solo queue. But Oscar is at least practicing it. I wonder if people are going to find like a good answer to TF top that's not Jax. I feel like there's none. Just because the champ. Because the thing is, you have two combat sums. And then, yeah. worst case, you just lane until six and then you ult back to lane. Yeah. I, mean, I was so, thinking like maybe you can go Olaf into it. You hit one axe, you try to run him down, but he's probably too fast with. I fleets. mean, with fifties and goals. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's too hard. That's what my initial uh, thought. But yeah, I mean, especially with runes, because you can go slow reduction in runes yeah. and movement speed, and Olaf is not really gonna catch you. I feel like. Yeah. So I don't know. For me, I give it to kind of to BDS because I, although you know, you have humanoid effect, and he's really really good at shot calling mid game. Is like. BDS objective setups, they're just they're just clean, you know. And yeah. right now they the know game, how to play Drakes, yeah. 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 So right now the game is all about getting soul, forcing a fight at like twenty something minutes for the soul, and then just this objective setups because that's that's kind of like what we do right now in yeah, Europe. Yeah. We don't really do much else. So for me, it's like I'm I'm BDS on this, but it's it's really close. It's really hard for me to say, oh, BDS is going to be 3-1 or 3-0. I feel like I, it's going to be five-game fiesta. I think that the reason that BDS feels easy to predict is the things that they're good at, they're very consistently good yeah. at. Whereas yeah. Fnatic's highs have not been consistent. Yeah. And so it's like BDS is a team you can bet on because you know what you're going to get. And I think we've seen a lot of different levels of performance from Fnatic this season. BDS have been mostly really consistent. Yeah. Yeah, they did obviously just get their shit kicked in by G2, which, you know, happens. But that's G2. That's most people, yeah. Yeah, and that brings <laughs> us to kind of the final thing. So, uh, sorry, just to be clear, do you, are you on the BDS side? Are you on the Fnatic side? Where mm, you ended up here, Finn? I'm leaning towards Fnatic right now. I, yeah. do, I do think they have. Is it because you think that what they're bringing right now is good enough? Or do you believe that, like, they're leveling, they're going to level up enough to I mean, beat I th- BDS? I think Oscar is not going to have, like, I think Oscar had a really bad series yeah. against SK. And that's kind of making people think that he's, like, super bad. But that's... That's just not really how it works, and that's not. I mean, true. he was just bad on the day. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think Oscar will get like stomped by, but, but like Adam or Mirwin in the same way he got by Relevant, and I think just Fnatic's bot lane, I think is, is quite strong. Uh, I think they're better than than BDS, and I, yeah. I just have more faith in Fnatic right now. It's okay, hard, it's hard Fair. to say. I mean, I, it, I don't it's know. Co- it sounds like it's really close, though. <laughs> yeah, it's very close. But yeah, I, I would give it to Fnatic. Can either of these teams beat G two? We had to get here. It's the inevitable yeah. conclusion of our split. Um, I mean, if okay, even though I said BDS win, and I think BDS is gonna win against Fnatic, if Fnatic win, they have a better shot against G two. Stylistically, they have a better shot, I think, because it's just kind of rock paper scissors of styles. I feel like BDS is just playing a style that is just getting beat the life out of by G two. Yeah. But even though I see BDS style working as Fnatic. 
I see Fnatic style working a lot better against G2. So, you know, it's this little weird triangle that's going yeah. on. So for me, in a finals, I have more, a lot more faith in a Fnatic win against G2 than a BDS win against G2. Uh, I highly agree. I think for me, I agree. And I think for me, a lot of that is humanoid. Because I think yeah. that when you look at the way that G2 kind of ran, ran BDS around the map and how they're running a lot, like Cap's playing a lot of the side lane picks and just creating a ton of pressure. Most teams in our league really struggle to deal with that. But yeah. again, credit to Humanoid and like, I feel like he's ready yeah. to handle that and make definitive calls. And, and he, I he's a fearless side laner. Yeah. Like he doesn't get uh, startled by when, when people go side lane. And, yeah. and some people, when people start pushing side deep, they don't like they freeze in game and they don't realize like there's an answer to it. They're just like, oh, we're getting pushed in here. Oh no, we got to catch yeah. this wave. I, I yeah. think I think you got to have this like just composure and, and, and realize that, okay, if they do this, we do this. And I, I think BDS maybe didn't have it, but I can see it. Yeah. I feel like if you let G2 dance on you and run you around with these sideline picks, you're just yeah. never going to play your game. And like BDS are really good at the 5v5, right? Like if they can force the 5v5, you talk about the objective setups, but G2 undermine that so well. And I feel like if the game's going to get more chaotic, I trust Fnatic and specifically yeah. players like Razork and Humanoid, I think more in that chaos than I do BDS who, I don't know if you guys think it's fair. I feel like are still doing a lot of the same things that made them successful yeah. last year. Right. Yeah, it's just yeah. dragon stack. Just better. Yeah, they're better at a lot of it now. Yeah. Nuke's playing better, but like, I think their bot lane's probably more consistent, even if their lane isn't as great and maybe yeah. less reliant on hyper carries. I mean, yeah, but also for me, this G two dancing around the silence is kind of like they're just punishing people over rotating and yeah. this era meta that we have in EU. Because for us in EU is like thirty seconds till Drake. ARAM starts, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then G2 is like, okay. You guys were the king of that. 18 minutes, Giant X. Where are they? Oh, nope. Top lane's empty. Uh, oh, bot lane's empty. Where are they? Yeah, um, Five members ca mid. Cashed away with 14, <laughs> go roasted at 18. That's, yeah, I mean, in the Rumble game, I think in the second game, I was equal CS-ish at 15. And by 20 minutes, I was two levels behind just because we were just over grouping so yeah, much and it's yeah. crazy. But... I think G2 does this thing where they punish you on sides and they drag you around the map very, very easily because you're just making mistakes. You're overgrouping, right? And G2 is not a team that is afraid to play retake. Because right now I feel like a lot of teams are still on the on the same philosophy as last year where they're like, okay, we want to be first on objectives to all position and put our vision control, right? But G2 is just going to be like, okay, we're just going to go five bot randomly because I feel like they're one of the only teams who just walks through five bots to go to Drake control. Yeah. They're like, Oh, okay, we're gonna push these sides, get to get gold lead, and then we're gonna play retake. And once you do this over like, you know, two, three, four drakes, that gold lead starts like ramping up because yeah. a lot of time teams wanna go there early to get the control. And they're missing like 300, 400 gold. Every yeah, time so they this do like that. ramps up and stacks every single time. But I also feel like it's a lot harder to do it against Humanoid and a Fanatic uh, than against BDS because I feel like BDS. <laughs> they're, they're the overgroupers as well, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Fnatic with like Humanoid and the gang, I feel like it's a lot easier to match because every, like, it, I invite everyone to like just look at G2. They always do this thing where they push sides when they see people on mid. It's not like, you know, Caps wants to go there and he wants to, to create numbers advantage by doing this. He's the one reacting to you. So yeah. he's just seeing you in thing. So he's like, Okay, I'm just gonna take the freebie, you know, because yeah. you are inting. He's, he's not forcing the int. You're the one yeah. inting initially, you know. So I feel like humanoid has the answer to this because, as Finn said earlier, it's like when someone is pushing deep, there is an answer. There's an answer to literally like every play, you know. And 
human will probably see it. So I feel like that's why it's going to be a lot, a lot more even. Yeah. Well, I hope in that case that Fnatic make it to finals then. Nothing against BDS. I just want a good finals. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just want some compelling. Would suck to see a wash. But I think it's safe to say G2 the clear favorites no matter who makes it there. Definitely, yeah. Fnatic has an edge, but G2 are just head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good on you, G2. We don't, as a result, we don't spend a lot of time talking about G2 because we're like, <laughs> they're better, guys. As we said last episode, as we said the episode before that, but I, yeah, they're they're better. They play mid game well. I like that you called out that it's teams inting though. I think a lot of people, and myself included, sometimes get lost in like, oh, G two are just like so five head, and they are obviously doing great things, and they're obviously super super yeah. smart. But calling out that it's like no, it's other people over grouping yeah. and clearly just signaling to G two, hey, this is a freebie if you want it. Come get this yeah. free gold. Come yeah. punish me. Hey, I'm screwing up. Punish me. But also their 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 people on mid don't give a fight. Like they, yeah. they posture not super passively. And they base you. Yeah. Like yeah. Mick is the CEO of thinking his in thing. Yeah. And then sometimes he ends, but like <laughs> like, okay, 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 okay. But, but, no, but let's say Caps is like seeing their grouping mid as four and he's going to a side. Yep. A lot of teams, the free in the mid lane, they will just hug their tower. Yeah. They'll just like sit there, oh, we can't contest. We, we just wait under the tower and wait for yeah. Caps to push the side lane. But what G2 does is they walk up and they're like, they don't give you space to engage, but they're still around. Yeah, they're like in leash range. Yeah. It's like the yeah. perfect and, leash range. And then yeah. if someone is walking away, then they're walking after, you know, like they're just. They're yeah. keeping their space well, and it's and then Mickey walks past the mid wave and yeah. dies. <laughs> and, and, then, and then Mickey's like, "Oh, we're pushing side. Maybe I can hook in." And then he dies, but yeah. it's it's fine, you know. Yeah. Like, M- Mickey, is, yeah. <laughs> Mickey gets yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's typical. Uh, wow, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. <laughs> so that's typical you scrim because a lot of time I think most of the goalie the teams get is someone griefing on mid wave, yes. you know, yeah. and then you're like, "Oh, well." I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm used to people griefing on mid wave, but now they're not griefing on mid wave. Yeah, but in scrim they would be dead. What do I do now? <laughs> it's, it's like you play rumble, you push outside, you go mid. Oh, I can just ult them and they die. Yeah. It's like wow, that's so easy. Yeah, and it just doesn't happen. It's but it's like the concept of cashing out your tempo. Like if you're playing sideline and you rotate mid all the way, then you're kind of cashing out your tempo. Yeah. And usually when you do that, you need to get something. Yeah. You need to you need to get like good deep vision, or you need to get a fight on mid. Meanwhile, Caps is just like yeah. stacking up the tempo forever, yeah. and just doesn't give but, it. But to if you. you just hover in fog, you don't catch out your tempo. And you're ready to go back and catch the next bot wave. Like the, and that's the, what he does. Yeah, that, yeah. The, then the tension is kept, and, and you can keep getting control like this. But people want to cash out their tempo so fast and get a fight because in scrims it works. I understand. <laughs> you, you just go. That's mid. why I can't go to a casino. I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just like <laughs> get, I'm, five, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I want my five dollars. <laughs> give me my five dollars. You can make a thousand. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> It's a dunner. Yeah. Hell yeah, it's a dunner. It was sauce, but it's not mm-hmm. even a dunner these days. Dunner's got expensive, bro. I need six. I need it's more true, dollars. Oh, that's um, All right. G2, clear favorites to win the whole thing. Fanatic's got a better shot, but BDS might make it. That one's a close one. And Mad Lions, Koi. Fanatic still's got the edge. A lot of this is Mark Bra. It's like Mark Brazda <laughs> versus the world. Humanoid <laughs> is the main character. I don't know uh, what to tell is, people. Yeah. Humanoid is playing a siren as his little sand soldiers. He's commanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's humanoid versus the world. Humanoid is, let's see if he can take down with support from his four friends, you know, G2. That's kind of the story of the weekend, it feels like. Um, but we got some questions from Twitter. Shout out to everybody who submitted questions. Um, let's go first here from, I'm going to butcher your name. Uh, Lang Langel Levente, um, close enough. That was really good. At Anthology <laughs> Twenty One, thanks guys. Uh, do you think this year's LEC is worse in quality of plays? Presumably. So, do you think the overall quality of LEC is lower this year, or yes. has been lower this year? I mean, I think if you look winter to winter, I think you're gonna see similar result. But if you look this winter to last summer, I think it's clearly worse. 
what do you yeah, yeah. why what <clears throat> well for me it's it's kind of like this it, it, i feel like it's been like a phenomenon that's been happening for a couple of years now where the top teams get weaker every year hmm. so for example why is g2 stomping everyone because they didn't make any changes right it's the same team i feel like for like three years now or four years now the top teams make changes when they don't need to and i feel like the more roster changes you make the worse the team gets yeah so for me it's like you look at the g2 roster what was it 2019 when they made finals 2020 whatever um every year there's rosters like that that get one of their like really really good players and they go to like a different a different team and they're probably going to elevate that different that that different team to like you know a slightly higher floor but the ceiling of the region just gets like smaller and smaller every year just because you don't have stacked teams anymore because i don't maybe i don't know the last time you had a, a you know two or three stacked teams that would all be able to like compete with each other i can think of some vitality teams <laughs> that was really stacked on paper <laughs> I think on paper is the important part of that phrase. But we don't play with the paper. <laughs> we don't play with paper here. We've learned you can't only we've had like what one successful super team, which is a G2 team. Yeah. And they always had that era of G2 always had one team that was like close ish. Yeah. First split, it was Origin, that Origin roster that got second that immediately kind of imploded. And then it was Fnatic. Yeah. And that was a good era. But we've, I don't think we've ever. 2016, 2017 is the last time I can really think of it. G2 were still better, but it was like H2K and UOL were like the other two teams that were really challenging. I mean, even in 20, what was 2021 when Mad won, no, 2022? 2021 when Mad won twice. It's like, I don't feel like the level of the region was like super. I guess that was almost four good teams. Like that was four. It wasn't the highest level. We didn't have the greatest success that year. It was like four good teams, but I feel like when you would compare them to like previous years, the good teams weren't like as good as the yeah. previous teams like even when we won with rogue i felt like um we were good right i mean maybe we would be able to do well like compared to like the g2 from like the years before they went to like world finals i thought we were really really good but outside of us in g2 that year it felt like you know the the, the i feel like the top teams are just dipping down yeah it's it's a little top heavy and i feel like yeah if you're not the best of the best i feel like teams that's why right now it feels like G2 is just miles above everyone because they just, I mean, they to be make... fair, though, like they kept their lineup and they won last time. Like G2 yeah. were always going to be the favorites for this split. Yeah, of course. Um, but I will say that it feels like I well, I'm excited for the new teams and the young teams. It does feel like every year the teams that change more than one player are like back to fundamentals, which yeah. feels really yeah. disappointing yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I would hope that at this stage because the game's changed but the game hasn't changed that much yeah yeah you i also feel like mean? you 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 become better for the year and then like at the end of the year the team is just like whoosh, hard reset and they have to do it all again next year yeah which is kind of sad and yeah. i want i don't you know it's obviously hard to hold on to stuff like that and when you integrate new personalities you have to figure out how those people want to work together but it, it, i do feel like we re, we lose too much yeah for, for sure for sure. because it's not like like outside of mad lions koi that yeah there are some new players but like most of the support staff remains the same yeah most of the names that people in faces know people know remain the same so it's like why are teams just relearning early game again like why do we have teams that are like so have such a hard time figuring out what they want to do early game why do we have teams that are like completely lost in mid game like we've all been playing mid game for 10 years now right it's mostly just because everyone has different ideas because the thing is 
Right now, I don't feel like League is a game where there is one best play mm-hmm. out of all of them. It's more like you need to make a decision fast. Yeah. And it needs to be the same decision that every all five people make the same decision. Yeah. And now it just feels like the reason teams end is because someone wants to do something else from that group of five, you know? And all it, all it takes is to make the same decision fast so you can, you know, advance in the next step, in the, advance in the next step of the play. But right now people are failing just because there's no same page. At least that's what I feel like. And I feel like that's one of our issues as well in, in GX when we play. Yeah. I think sometimes people play too much in the present. Like they don't play a minute ahead. I feel like they play maybe 30 seconds ahead yeah. at max. Yeah. And I also feel like, I know how it is in other teams, but I started feeling it. I was getting this vibe where I'm like, back in my day in 2015, 2016, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I felt like we were thinking a lot ahead of time because it was also like lens swap meta you know so our brain so was you like, had to be you had to be like our, three our minutes brain was ahead. like kind of conditioned to think like that so we would think like okay how is the map gonna look in like one minute or one minute 30 and we'd be like kind of like you know bang on this is exactly how it would look like but i know i feel like when if you do this little thought exercise hey how's uh, play the next 30 seconds for the enemy team or something you know or try to be a step ahead of the enemy team with the next play you do i feel like they don't really there's not really like this thing happening anymore and i also feel like maybe that's one of the main issues of why mid games are so sloppy and teams gotta go back to fundamentals just because this thought exercise is not really like going out anymore yeah yeah i mean it's comes down to like a lot of things like do you value being 30 seconds before to drake you're setting up there and getting it guaranteed or do you value just like pushing side deep if one guy wants to push side deep and trade the drake and three people want to be really early to Drake, and then one guy's just like, oh, I'll just follow whatever, like, I think. Yeah. Then it's just like, what are we doing, guys? Like, yeah, we're, we're going to fuck up both plays. Yeah, it's it's, it's so be, useless. Yeah, then it's just like, yeah, exactly. You're going to end up in a situation where no play is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a rough spot to be. Well, I hope that, like, as time goes on, we figure out ways to increase that rate of growth for new teams. I never expect winter to look super clean, you know, but hopefully by spring, I feel like you want teams to be yeah. getting it together really quickly. Winter's always just going to be a mess. Our splits yeah. are so short. It's so hard to get good in six weeks. You need more time, right? But yeah. it's definitely tricky. Uh, our next question from Snowbird at Snowbird TBH. Will there be a fist fight in all caps? <laughs> people were ready for you guys. Do you guys like, we've obviously joked this entire episode. I think that it's pretty clear to people that there's no bad blood here yeah. between either of no. you. I mean, the only thing we need, we could have done a little bit better was like get Shigendan here, get like a WWE yeah. wrestling yeah, yeah, ring yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. and then it's just that. me and Finn having a little fist fight, and then it's just like you know Shigenda from with the, the top rope with the steel <laughs> chair, <laughs> just like smashing. There's a us. ladder right there. We can come over. He can jump on the ladder. He can come on. Damn. Uh, Oversight on my part. I thought it might be a little bit too soon to invite Shigenda to the show. I thought uh, that, that I thought we might yeah, want to give him some time there. I mean, it's been a it's been like what. I mean, I guess one year because Excel thing happened. Yeah. And I guess wait, before wait, wait, that, there's been okay, another two wait, years. Which one so. are we talking about now? Are we talking about Excel or are we talking about... Oh, man. Okay, so no fist fight yet, but we yeah. will work on a WWE-style cage match between yes. the three of you. Um, but it's always like, you know, like if someone replaces me, I'm not mad at him for replacing yeah. me. We are united in our, against our common enemy, the management. Yes. <laughs> we hate the management. <laughs> That's how it goes. I like it. The rise up. Hell yeah, rise up. Seize the means, Seize the means of, pro- of production. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, that's it for the episode, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to everyone who submitted Twitter questions. G2, the clear favorites for this weekend. A quick reminder for everybody. 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. There are no Monday games. Again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Kicking off with Mad Lions Koi versus Fnatic. Winner versus BDS. Winner of that in the finals, of course, versus G2. It's all best of fives. So be there. Come hang out. We're going to have great guests on the analyst desk if you want more of this incredible content analysis. If you want to hear more about Caps picking up 400 gold for free because the enemy team is over-rotating, you'll get to hear it from these genius minds. All of it. All of it. So come on in. And thanks again to you guys. Yeah, for, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks yeah, for joining and not fist fighting. Yeah. Don't worry, like, cameras are off. Once the cameras are off, yeah. somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the office. I've got bleach in the corner for the inevitable blood on the walls. Uh, We're ready to go. <laughs> I will film it um, like it's a world star fight, so it'll Can be on. Can you make a music video for it? <laughs> If you guys actually fist fight, yes, of course. <laughs> That's content. You're doing me a favor. That's the for, cheapest music video I've ever made. And then we go into the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After the weekend. So stay tuned for the fist fight. In the meantime, this has been Euphoria, and we'll see you not next week, but at the start of the next season. This is the last episode for winter. So just check out the broadcast this weekend. Check out the finals. Thank you so much for watching.